Two Blokes Talking Tech is supported by Dropbox, trusted by 8 million Australians to keep their files safe, synced and easy to share with anyone. Try Dropbox for business free for 30 days at dropbox.com slash business. Hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech, proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. It's fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. This is episode 232 of Two Blokes Talking Tech. Thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, and brought to you also by Dropbox. Now, this is the show where I get to reconfirm the fact that each and every week I'm a bloke. That's useful because sitting alongside me, but on the other side of, of the, the city in his own uh, fantastic and palatial studio from techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. What a lovely introduction. Great to be with you, and hello to all our listeners once again. Great to have your company, everyone, and uh, always keen to hear how you're listening, because it's been interesting. I've had a lot of feedback about uh, different podcast apps. Some people hadn't heard the show since Berlin, so having a look Jeez. at, you know, what's got to refresh your cast, and, you know, you've got to tweet people, tell them about the show again, because people are going, what's happening? So just get out there, tell your friends, jump onto iTunes, leave a rating, you know, spread the love. Spread the love about two blokes talking tech. We are here to bring you the latest news and information on technology this week. And uh, let's get cracking. All right. We um, we have our hot little hands. And when I say hot, I don't mean beautiful, although mine are George Costanza style modeling <laughs> hands. Um, but are a- you master of your own domain? <laughs> 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 we, that is the question. We move on, and uh, and yes, we the um, iPad Pro um, is available now to order on the Apple website. I'm pretty sure if you go to an Apple store, you'll be able to see one. And uh, Stephen, you and I have had many hours with this device now, and I've got to say, it it feels like forever ago that this thing was announced because we're in San Francisco. It's you know it's months ago now. It's two months ago, but it feels like a lot longer because they've they've had the iPhones come out, they've had the Apple TV. There's just been so much come since then. So this this was kind of a product, not that I'd forgotten about, but really you know hadn't engaged much with. And to be honest, I didn't really spend much time with it in San Francisco because I was pretty much came out of the the keynote and walked straight into a million radio interviews. Didn't really get much hands on time with anything. So to sit. Holds, um, you know, learn about and actually use the iPad Pro today has been a very interesting experience. And Stephen, you know, you can mm. read my review at EFTM, you can read yours at Tech Guide, but, you know, the basic principle here is my summary is man, this thing is huge, and I'm not sure who that's intended for in reality. I'm not yet sure, but give me a week or so of carrying it around as, as my laptop replacement and see how I go with it at work and notes and email and stuff. So that aside, because I can't really make that judgment yet. It's huge. Yep. It's not for me as an iPad at this size, but man, two features of this that if it is, as it probably is, obviously an indication of what's to come in the smaller iPads, sign me up now for the next iPad Air because the pencil, 
and the speakers on this thing are absolutely not class leading, class mind blowing. Uh, anyone else yes. with a stylus has a lot of catching up to do. And sound is is excellent on a lot of devices, but this one is is excellent. The pencil, Stephen. Forget all of the amazing apps that are out there for design and drawing. Just open up Notes, the Apple Notes app, and you put it in your hand, and it looks like a pencil on the screen, which is cool. And then you tilt the thing to the side, and you got your old, you know, HB lead pencil. You're, you're shading and coloring um, with a pencil. My, my kids yeah. held it in their hand and, and used it just like a normal pencil. It was, man, it was very good. And I think um, a lot of people. I had an argument with a bloke yesterday when they announced the pricing of the pencil, which is 165 bucks. Um, that you know that was outrageous and wait for a Chinese knockoff, mate. This is not a knockoff. Something you can just knock off. There's technology in the pencil that works yep. specifically with the device. This is not a stylus, Stephen. Do yep. those things impress you as well? And are there other things? Yeah, absolutely. I think the uh, the first thing though you got to get over, and and it, it is it is pretty surprising how big it is. Mm. Now, all the people I've shown it to my family and. Their first impression was, holy hell, that's massive. And once they get over that initial shock of the size of it, and let's, let's, let's be really like, it's 12.9 inch screen. screen. So you basically got a MacBook screen in your hands. Yeah. Uh, and it, it is, it, it's, it's large and, and it's actually the size of two iPad Airs side by side. The screen is almost two iPad Air screen. Uh, when you, when you hold the it device in the is bigger than a MacBook uh, under your big. arm. It's bigger than a MacBook. Uh, it's the weight of the original iPad, which kind of puts in context how far they've come yeah. to be able to fit such oh, a yeah. huge device into that weight profile. But I, but I think, though, that uh, look, obviously this isn't for everyone. That's why no. Apple still has an iPad mini, and they'll still continue to have the iPad Air, the Air 2. Uh, so this is obviously a, a, I think a, a look at that part of the market where Surface Pro 4, Surface Pro 3 before today, has been dominating in, in a space there where they're offering a screen with a pen and, and it's it's laptop replacement. So I don't think Apple had anything to compete against it until now. I think this is the device that Apple is pitching against that market. And the, the Surface Pros have been successful. You have to agree with that. They've been very successful. Mm. Uh, they've got a particular market segment in mind. This is, I think, going after the same sort of market now. The the Apple the the Surface Pro 4 has a 12.3 inch screen. This has a 12.9 inch screen. So they're kind of playing in the same ballpark. Although the aspect ratio of the iPad Pro is is not as narrow as the Surface Pro yeah. 4. Mm. So here I think they're going to appeal to graphic designers, uh, artists. Even the medical profession, there's some amazing apps that, that can be used here, like anatomy apps and, and various other sketching apps, AutoCAD design, so for architects. The, the, those, high end, those high-end users who demand a lot from their devices, they need a bit more screen real estate than your traditional tablet will allow. I think this is going to fill that gap. Everyone else... As I said, there's still the iPad Air 2, which will fill that gap nicely uh, for, for a lot of people, could possibly including you and me, that, that's, that should suffice. I like a big screen. I think this is great for watching movies. As you mentioned, the speakers are exceptional. Uh, that, that's mm. brilliantly done and how it can even detect where which way that you're holding the iPad so it will direct the audio the right way. That's, that's ingenious. 
But in terms of it being an, an all-round laptop replacement, it is it is lacking a USB port that the Surface Pro 4 does provide. Uh, they do have, obviously, the Lightning port, and they've got iCloud and all that to get around that issue. But... I, I do. I am very impressed with the quality of the accessories as well. The the keyboard case is brilliant. The the keys and the typing experience is as good as it would be on a MacBook, and that's saying a lot because the MacBook keyboard is excellent. Yeah. So I think straight out of the box here, they, they've delivered a, a, as as typical of Apple. They've delivered a, a high quality device that that is is suitable to a part of the market, not all of the market. Yeah, and I think the the accessories is a good point. So the 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 um the pencil for example um obviously uh, unbelievable ability for it to do what it does it's 165 dollars and it's an accessory you don't get it with it i actually don't think the 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 ipad pro is is useful as a device without the pencil because it is what sets it apart the keyboard 269 is an expensive accessory. You know, your Logitech keyboards, the Belkin keyboards, they're 100 bucks on an iPad. Make them bigger, they're, they're $120. Um, it, it is a different style of keyboard because it's not Bluetooth. It just works through the smart dock connector. Um, mm-hmm. it, it is better feeling than any other uh, keyboard accessory I've used. You know, certainly better than the Surface-style keyboards that they introduced originally, yeah, the type covers. Yep. Um, it, it interestingly... It does have the mechanism of the MacBook. It doesn't feel exactly like a MacBook, but certainly feels more like a MacBook than any other normal keyboard. So it's it's different to touch, but it is easy to type on. I'm tapping away yeah. on it straight yeah, away. On, with any... Just on the pricing, yeah, that's a great point point you bring up. And look, we 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 both agree that this isn't a cheap product. I think the entry mm. level is more than twelve hundred dollars for the iPad on its own. But putting that into perspective, and I mentioned in my in my little bit before about how the Surface Pro 4 is is in the same kind of ballpark in terms of customer who the the type of customer yeah. is going to appeal to, that starts at thirteen hundred and forty nine dollars, and the keyboard cover, which isn't included, is one hundred and ninety nine dollars. Although to the Surface Pro does throw the pen in, which on its own costs I think ninety nine bucks. Mm. So if, if people say, geez, that's expensive, the iPad Pro, well, the Surface Pro 4 is actually more expensive. And you can spec up the the Surface Pro 4, and I don't want to steal too much of my own thumb because we're talking about that next, but you're talking, you can spend more than $3,000 if you wanted to on a Surface yeah. Pro 4. Mm. So if before anyone starts complaining about the, the iPad Pro being expensive, they should really take a look at the market out there. The dollar has taken a dive, and that hasn't helped us. That that hasn't helped anyone. All, all these companies are pricing according to the, the drop in the Australian dollar. That's why we're seeing these higher prices. And look, uh, the prices are 32 gig Wi-Fi only, 1249. 128 gig Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi only, 1499. And Wi-Fi and cellular, 128 gig, 1699. It actually isn't expensive when you consider the size, the bulk, the power of the device. It, you um, get what you pay for. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt. I don't think you can complain about the pricing on this thing when you compare it to other iPads. It's not like it's just suddenly expensive. Um, mm. I think the, the pencil feels expensive to me. The keyboard feels expensive, but you know they will sell like hotcakes for anyone that buys them. That, that's a, basically a standard yeah. accessory. But um, and it, it's also interesting to know how and if the pencil can be uh, duplicated by um, third parties, you know. It has uh, an interchangeable um, tip if you if you wear the first one out. Uh, out of the mm-hmm. end of it, you take the cap off like where the eraser would be on a pencil. You've got a lightning plug which you can um, – it comes with a, like a double adapter for a lightning cable so that you can 
plug this one because this is a, a male plug if you like and obviously your normal charger is a male plug as well so you have a little double adapter that you can plug in to charge it yeah. but the very cool thing is if you're um, in the middle of nowhere and you need a bit of charge for the pencil you plug it into the iPad Pro for 15 seconds you get half an hour's extra usage so <laughs> that is I, cool. <laughs> I asked how long the um, the pencil would last and I said okay let's say I'm a graphic artist I'm using the iPad all day and the pencil all day they said it's a, it's a one-day use then. You're basically going to charge it every day. But I don't think everyone's going to be using it all day. Yeah. So basically, it's, not, a, it's, not a, often, it's yeah. a keep on charge yeah. style product. Point we should make, and I think we've, we've kind of made it already, the, the Apple Pencil, for those who already own an iPad, so you may own an iPad Air 2, you can't just go out and buy an uh, Apple Pencil. It won't work on any other iPad but the iPad Pro yeah. because there is a yeah. special screen, a different type of screen technology for the Apple Pencil to work. But rest assured, and I think you, you touched on this earlier, Trev, that next iPads, the next iPads we're going to see, I think it's a no-brainer that they're going to incorporate the similar Apple Pencil technology or the screen technology to accept Apple Pencil because it is a very powerful tool. If, if you're a designer or a drawer, an artist, it, it is incredible how how responsive and and, and, and lifelike it is. Like, here to thought, we, we, here's us talking about how impressive it is that some that a company has made the a pencil and paper uh, created <laughs> that same experience on a, on a tablet. Like, hello, they've been using pencil and paper, the actual pencil and actual paper for centuries. That now uh, <laughs> was was so impressed that they can do it now on an electronic device. Oh, I'm I'm just sketching in the um, I don't know Procreate app and with the Apple Pencil, and I've chosen to sketch, it's, which is an option, and I've chosen HB Pencil, and man, it's uncanny how much it it looks like I'm sketching with a HB Pencil. It's ridiculous, yeah. and and the pressure too. There is more than 500 pres- levels of pressure you can apply, which I don't think is as much as the Surface Pen, but still very oh, no. impressive. The harder you press the darker the line is or the thicker the line is, but you could even press really lightly and it still picks up that really light, that really light pencil, uh, the pencil line there and the shading. That, that's so impressive when you, when you, put you it just tilt side. it on its side and you're suddenly shading as you would in a real colored pencil. And, uh, and you can also swap between uh, having a, like a, a thicker texture and then down to a pen and change the colors. And, and even if you mix, like I think, what is it? You mix blue and yellow, you get green. Mm. That that works as well. If you do mix the colours on, on the screen, that all that works as well. <laughs> Look, it's it, it, what you need to do if you if you're curious is is go to an Apple store and just grab you know because they're there and, and and just sketch. The the first thing you do is pick up the uh, the pencil, which I assume will be there tethered somehow, um, and and sketch in the notes app, and you'll realise how ridiculous it is that that you can hold. Like, oh, man, I'm doing this right now, right? I'm holding the pencil. You know, at a, at a like thirty degree angle, while I while I kind of uh, rub the side of a, a, a screen, uh, and I'm it's like I'm holding a pencil. It's it's freaking me out. It really does. It is sensational. The pencil, the speakers yeah. for me, standout features. Um, it's an unbelievable device, not for everyone, and and a real signal for where iPads going. And the other thing is. Uh, we can we can forecast now that at some point in the next two three months, some idiot in the business press will write an article about how the iPad Pro did not save Apple's iPad declining sales. It's not <laughs> seriously the the, yeah. the iPad sales are static 
the, the market is static. We are now in replacement mode. So we will never have that surge again unless something radical happens. This is about just servicing another part of the market. Um, it, it will do very well as I think Apple will need it to go. It's not like it needs to be their flagship device. Uh, cracking great products. Uh, read about it at eftm.com.au and techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, we've already mentioned the Surface Pro 4 already in our discussion about the iPad Pro, but it is the day that the Surface Pro goes on sale, and we should also mention that it is also the same day uh, that the Surface Book goes on sale and the same day that the Microsoft Sydney flagship store opens its doors as well. So if you're listening, to, depending on when you're listening to this, the store opens on the Thursday, November 12 at midday. So you may already, you may be listening to us after that. Well, in that case, it's opened already for you guys. But uh, we should mention that, the fact that, uh, yeah, the store's opening to coincide with the availability of the Surface Pro 4 and the Surface Book. But we're here now to talk about the Surface Pro 4, which uh, we've both had a look at. I've put a uh, review up on tech guide now it is uh again microsoft has continued improving this product of course the being the surface pro 4 obviously the fourth generation of the device and it certainly has come in the right direction in terms of improvement in terms of design it's thinner it's lighter and it happens to also be more powerful which is a pretty impressive achievement it has got the usb ports it's got a mini display port even though it is only 8.4 millimeters they have managed to fit that in there as well it doesn't come with the keyboard cover that was one of my little bugbears that i uh, one of the things i didn't like about it in uh, my review I'm thinking that it is it is pretty expensive to start with 1349, uh, and the attachment rate for a keyboard cover with a Surface Pro 4 I think would be 99%. I don't think there'd be many people who buy a Surface Pro 4 that won't also buy a keyboard. So I think Microsoft perhaps maybe cut the customers a little bit of slack, either build it into the price, they charge an extra 50, 60 bucks, include the keyboard, or just make it cheaper. They're, they're, I think there needs to be a better way for the customer to feel like they're getting better value you there but in terms of it being as it's called a laptop replacement it absolutely ticks the boxes in terms of processing power it's got intel sixth generation core processor you can spec it up to the eyeballs uh up to i7 16 gig ram so i think all in all trev i think this is a very powerful product that whether it's used in tablet mode or whether it's used as a laptop uh it is very impressive product a term that we use regularly evolution not revolution it's um I was I thought the Pro 3 was a sensational device. It's pricey. Um you know, if you if you're replacing your laptop, you often want to pay the same as a laptop. You are paying more here for the convenience and the portability and the convertibility. Um the Pro 4 simply adds better speed, uh, a lighter thinner design. It's you know, it's it's the Apple style, it's the everyone style. It's better the, screen it's, too, better screen as well. It's essentially a, a fantastic leap forward. I don't think a Pro 3 user would would jump to it. I think Anything older than a Pro 3, you, you, you want to see this device, you want to use this device. Um, and I think they'll do very well with it. And I think it's really cool that they, they get to showcase that at the, at the Microsoft Sydney store. And, mate, I, I mean, as you say, is it a competitor? Are these two prices products we've just talked about, the Pro, iPad Pro and the Surface Pro 4, are they direct competitors? Maybe, maybe not, but they certainly are price competitors yeah. in, the, in the tablet space slash laptop replacement yeah. space. I think they are competitors. I think, well, you know, Surface Surface Pro from 
I think I, I think from the first from the first version had uh, the ability to draw on the screen. Mm. I think with the Surface Pro three and four, they've it's, it's come even further. I think now the new Surface Pro four pen, when you can draw on the screen, but if you want to rub something out, you simply t- turn it over and use the other end like you would a normal pencil, and it rubs things out. Those little improvements, I think, are going to really endear themselves to the customer. But you got to remember, Windows customers. Surface customers have been used to drawing on screens for for some years now. iPad customers, although you can you can buy uh, those Adonit uh, styluses, you know those ones that that allow yeah, you to yeah. draw on an iPad screen. They're 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 so you kind of can do that on a regular iPad. But now that Apple are doing it themselves and doing it way better than anyone else, of course that's going to be uh, something that people will take a note of. But the Surface Pro uh, Pen which comes with the device you don't have to buy you don't have to buy that extra it ships with the product that too i think has got more than a, than a thousand levels of pressure it can sense uh, so i think microsoft are coming from a point here where they've got a bit more experience creating these sorts of products the stylus and the screen to go with it and and it, and this will work on on all of their other devices as well so uh, the the surface pen will be very popular with the surface pro 4 and uh, it has, in terms of performance, boy, it's, it's really up there. And we should mention that the iPad Pros are the A9X silicon as well, which is pretty fast also. But here, this really delivers in terms of performance. I think you, you can handle pretty solid gaming, video editing, graphic design, application. So you can throw a lot at the Surface Pro 4, and it can handle it because it has got all that power under the hood. It does. Uh, cracking device Stephen's review is up now at techguide.com.au. Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. I mean, I love my watches. Uh, the reason I don't wear a specific or particular smartwatch is because I just love wearing different watches. Um, now, smartwatches... You're waiting for a sponsorship deal or something? Happy to accept the, uh, the the conversations. I'm open to them. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I, I love my G-Shocks. I, I love um, the different smartwatches, but I've never really been sold on just one of them. And it's interesting because I've kind of always wanted a tag. Uh, in fact, last year in Vegas, I spent a long time in the tagged uh, store at the departments at the the outlets, thinking about a tag, and um, I resisted, thankfully. But they've announced uh, a fifteen hundred dollar smartwatch. It's called the Tag Who Are Connected Smartwatch. Now, here's the thing: fifteen hundred bucks sounds like a lot of money for a smartwatch, but it's not a lot of money for a tag. So you, you, you've got a an affordable chat tag, I'll call it. Well, that's um, fifteen hundred US, for, by the way. Yeah, twenty two hundred Australian. Still, it's yep. still you know for for a lot of the tags, mate, you struggle to find a, a tag in that price range that that looks any good for a start. This thing looks really nice. Obviously, um, it is a smartwatch, so the screen is entirely um, computer. It's a smartwatch, Digital. so there's none of the there's none of the tag innards of that make it a watch. <laughs> so I wonder how it's a tag. When it's just designed by tag with a with a stamp on the side, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I I agree. I think that uh, that was uh, some of the comments that were passed around yesterday when this was announced. They said, well. You know, Tag Heuer is a company that's been making watches, like timepieces, for more than 150 years. And what you pay for is that precision, that 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 beautiful design, that all that craftsmanship that goes into a Tag watch. And you're entirely right. 
all you, what you're paying for here, that that is not the case in in with the, with the connected watch. You're looking at a digital display. But although we should mention it, it does still have the hallmarks of a tag watch. It ha- it's made out of titanium and it's got beautifully designed and, and it looks just brilliant. But that the fifteen hundred dollar price tag, US price tag, well twenty two hundred Aussie. It it really had a lot of people interested in it. A lot of people said, "Yeah, take my money now." A lot of people thinking, "What? Two thousand dollars for a smartwatch?" And you know, the cast get remind back to when Apple announced their pricing for Apple Watch, and everyone was outraged. This this makes the Apple Watch look like you can buy it from Aldi. The, the compare the prices, <laughs> but yeah. now now though, the question though that people are asking, and everyone's got excited. Our oh, tag, and you mentioned it yourself, oh, you you love to have a tag watch. How strong is that brand for you? Do you buy a tag smartwatch, so a smartwatch made by a watch company, or do you buy a smartwatch made by a computer company? So in this case, Apple, Samsung, Huawei. You've got all these companies that are coming from the tech side that are trying to play in the watch game, or are we going to see tag followed by Longines, followed by all these other luxurious designs? Like it's a, if you're a real watch fan, that's a question I think you're going to be asking. Yep. It's a very interesting um, product. Uh, you know, it's clearly highly priced, so it's not going to be on everyone's wrist, but I think we need to sit and see what happens with the rest of the watch market. So what happens with the other big name brands and how it either diminishes or enhances their, their overall reputation. Only time will tell. Ha, 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 That's just outstanding. If you uh, want to see the uh, the tag-connected watch, check it out at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech is supported by Dropbox, trusted by 8 million Australians to keep their files safe, synced, and easy to share with anyone. Australian companies such as Bauer Media Group, Campaign Monitor, Shoes of Prey, Bellroy and Suntory, they all use Dropbox for business to help their team. And you can use as much storage as your business needs, and it offers familiarity for all the end users. They now have a business and personal Dropbox account. It's also built on secure distributed infrastructure with multiple layers of protection to give you peace of mind. Get your whole team for Dropbox for business today to keep your information easy to manage and secure with a 30-day trial. You can try it free at dropbox.com slash business. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Just while we're – before we get to my next topic, I just want to say um, when I publish a a picture – of uh, that I've drawn on the iPad Pro. Just everyone listening, just know I've drawn that while we were talking here. I've just drawn <laughs> since we've tar- started talking about the iPad Pro. I've drawn a picture of an iP- of an iPhone, an Apple logo. I think I've done very well. I'll publish that ftm.com.au and you can give me raps or bag me <laughs> whatever it is. Now, a couple of, uh, about a month ago, I sat down with some people to talk about an app, and I was a bit blown away by it. I installed it, I used it, and. I've kind of literally been saying this week, this is probably the coolest thing I've been able to talk about in technology for some time because it's not just a fun idea. It's not just a great idea. It's an unbelievably brilliant idea in terms of what the outcome of the app is. No, it's not the latest Clash of Clans or Candy Cane Crush, whatever the hell it's called. It's <laughs> it's Dream Lab. 
Um, one word, Dream Lab, available now on Android, the Google Play Store. Um, it's built in partnership between the Vodafone Foundation and the Garvin Institute. Now, the Garvin Institute, trying to find a cure for cancer, trying to fight cancer, trying to, you know, make headway into what is a a, a, a terribly difficult disease to, to manage, let alone um, deal with. They allow you with this app. This is so simple. You've got an Android phone. You download the app. It's free. Then you determine how much data you're willing to donate. That's essentially what you're doing here. You're donating data. And on the screen, you say, I want to give 50 meg of mobile data up to 500 meg. On my Wi-Fi connection at home, I'm willing to give between 250 meg and one gig, or you can turn either of them off. And what happens is when you plug your phone in and it's charged, so when it's at 100% charge and it's plugged in, the Dream Lab app automatically opens up. And when it opens up, it goes to the Garvin Institute, it downloads some data from their servers, and your phone then processes that data and, you know, looks for whatever it is their computers are looking for in the cells uh-huh. you're analyzing or whatever it is, and every single person contributes to the data analysis. It's called distributed computing, and every thousand people that download this app and use it increase their ability to research or their computer computing power by 30 times. And so instead yeah. of Vodafone donating a million dollars to buy a supercomputer, they've gone, well, hang on a minute. What if a hundred thousand people downloaded this app? We'd, we'd, this would be insane. And it is, it's as simple as while you dream, you're helping to fight cancer. So yeah, I've, I've contributed and I'm not bragging. I'm just saying in terms of this is how cool it is. It tells me I've contributed six days, 11 hours of, of research time. My contribution right. is making a difference. It says, and every night when I plug it in, I'm making a contribution. It's only available yep. on Android right now. Apple's coming because the trick is, it's so smart, it only works when it's plugged in and charged, and that's not something they can do with the yeah. iPhone yet. Mate, well, I think, honestly, uh, how cool is it? Great idea. Now, I, I, uh, I've written this too on TechGuide. I think it's, it's a brilliant idea to harness that uh, the idle, your idle smartphone, so to harness the computing power, because let's face it, they're little computers that we carry around in our pockets here. And with that added computing power, and, and you were saying that you know 100,000 smartphones can help them crunch the data for all their cancer research. We're talking, you know, the cancers, the biggest killers are you know, breast cancer, ovarian cancer, prostate, pancreatic cancer. What I like is you can actually choose what sort of research you want to direct your data towards. So, you know, there may be, you know, everyone at some point or another has been touched by cancer, whether it's they had it themselves, they know a family member, a yeah. friend. So yeah. if there, someone might have a, their mother may have passed away from breast cancer, well, that's something close to their heart. They can then help uh, direct that their data towards finding a cure for that particular type of disease. And I like the way they describe it. They said that it's like trying to solve a gigantic crossword puzzle and each phone is, is solves a clue on its own it, it, with that goal of trying to solve this giant crossword puzzle. It's a, a terrific idea. And if you're a Vodafone customer donating mobile data, they've said that that will go unmetered. So yeah. it won't count against your monthly your monthly uh, data allowance. So that's good of Vodafone to do that. And, and let's face it, if only 100,000 can make it work 3,000 times faster to crunch the data, Get out there and download it. There's more smartphones in Australia than people. We've got more than 23 million smartphones. Imagine if half of the population did it, it would make an amazing inroad into their great work. So if you haven't downloaded Dream Lab onto your Android phone, I think you should do that and help this great cause. Spot on. I see no excuse, basically. You know, someone knocks on your door and asks for a donation. It's a very difficult thing. They cost you in the street, whatever it is. Mate, this is this is your sleep. Your phone's charging. It's it's taking up a small amount of space on your phone. It's doing great things. 
Just download it. It's called Dream Lab, one word, Google Play Store. Um, download it. Send us a screenshot of you using it on, on Twitter, at Trevor Long, at Stephen Fennick, Ziggy Zaggy, the hashtag. Let's, let's see people getting involved because it's a, it's a fantastic little idea from the Garvin Institute and Vodafone Foundation. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. And we do it thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. Now, seriously, I was uh, browsing through. We were, I had You and I were at, a, at a, a similar location today, and before I got there early, so I was walking around JB Hi-Fi. I was looking at the, the kind of security cameras that are on, on, on the shelves, and obviously the Netgear Arlo's stood out to me. And the thing is, you've got to appreciate that even on the box, it, it's a very small label, but it tells you these things are 100% wire-free. So what that means is when you buy the thing, you plug in a little mini router into your, into your existing router, and then you put four batteries in the, that come with it in the bottom of the camera. The camera is held in the palm of your hand. You press a button to pair it. That's it. Done. Five minutes, maybe ten. And then you put that camera anywhere within your Wi-Fi network range. It can be out on the front telegraph pole. It can be on a tree looking at your house. It can be under the awning. It can be in the lounge room. It can be anywhere you like without having to drill, without having to put in PowerPoints, without having to do anything other than even just using a bit of 3M tape to stick a little mounting bracket on that you can use. They are 100% wire-free, and that is their point of difference. That is their advantage, and they are fantastic. They upload all the motion they detect to the cloud so you can view them anywhere you like, email, on the, on the web, wherever you like, on your phone fantastic range of smart home security products from Arlo. Check them out at netgear.com.au So we've talked about Netflix, Stan Presto, and one of the things that's going to be interesting is, you know, speculation about um, uh, viewer numbers and subscriber numbers. And one thing that I think Presto had kind of been reluctant to do was tap into their Foxtel subscriber base. Um, Presto is a joint venture between Channel 7 and Presto or Foxtel um, for the movies and the TV side of things. And this week they announced that all Foxtel Platinum customers get free Presto. So Which I includes me. And me. I pay $135 plus a month for my Foxtel. And um. now I get Presto for free. And I think it's brilliant because it means... It actually, maybe it's a lost leader. Maybe they're losing money. But here's what it means. It means more people using Presto. It means more people talking about Presto. It means more video views and statistics. So generally, it has a good knock-on effect overall. And I think that's a good thing for Presto because it's a tough battle, Presto and Stan, trying to battle with this behemoth that is Netflix that just owns the the brand of streaming media. So yeah. and I, I was I thought this was a great move, probably a long overdue. And, and and it's not hard to do either. You just gotta go to the the website and, and put in an invoice number and your ba- date of birth and you're done. Yeah. Very good idea, and, and, I, and I like Presto. So I think at this point, it, it, you know, obviously streaming video on demand is still pretty new here in Australia. But when it comes down to the content, I think that, that that's obviously what these the different services advertise. That's how they try to get you into the service. And I've got to say, Presto have got some very impressive content to watch. Like they've got all, every season of Entourage, all eight seasons of Entourage, which is a great show if you haven't watched it. They've got the, the recent show that's just finished its first season, Mr. Robot. Mm. If you haven't seen that, awesome. go and watch it today. That is brilliant. Ray Donovan, another great show, uh, starring Liev Schreiber, who is uh, actually Naomi Watts' husband. Naomi Watts also the star of the Presto uh, ad campaign about not being too demanding as a movie star. Uh, so I think it's w- really worth checking out. They, they, tell, they tell a great story in terms of their content packages, great suggestions for good content. So 
you know, now that if you're a Foxtel Platinum subscriber, you have literally got nothing to lose by trying out Presto. Yep, um, check it out, and it's 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 a simple thing to do. That's the great thing. So if you're a Foxtel Platinum customer, just check your email. I'll go to the Foxtel website. You'll see details of how to get your free Presto. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Call of Duty oh. Black Ops Three. Wow. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> it's here. I've been playing it since the day it came out, and I have to say. I was a little bit disappointed. Oh, no! A little bit oh, disappointed. Oh, this is huge breaking this news. Is, this is, look, if you read my review, look, I don't bag the game. I love the game. I've played it, love it. The online, the multiplayer is brilliant. But I think they tried a bit too hard with this game. The, the, the challenge for every new Call of Duty game is to try, try to do something new. Try to do something the previous game didn't do mm-hmm. and they've got two choices to make here one they can do it with storyline and two they can do it with added features and abilities and stuff like that what Treyarch has done the developers of Black Ops 3 they tried to do both they tried to get right out there with the storyline and also add all these force like features where you've got all these mechanical limbs and you can set things on fire just by waving your hand at it things like that where it just complicates the game a little bit and uh, kind of, I think, may disillusion the hardcore Black Ops or Call of Duty players like myself for, for, for the sake of maybe winning one or two new players to the franchise. Mm. That said, I enjoyed the game. It does take a bit of a twist in the... in the. I don't want to give it away, but it, it is a, bit, a little bit... If you've watched the movie The Matrix, you'll know what I'm talking about. There is a scene, there's some parts of it where nothing's quite what it seems and is this real or is it not real? The ending is very controversial as well. I don't think many people are going to like it. Uh, it is it is out there. I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was pretty brave what they've done. Uh, but the the core of this game, apart from the campaign, which is great, and, and what you can do, and I suggested we do this together, Trevor. You had a go at it and didn't have much success there. I'm willing to help out with the campaign. You, know, you can actually play the campaign with three other people online. So rather than just, just, just toughing it out by yourself, you can actually make it like a multiplayer version of the game too, which I think is a great new feature. Oh, the oh. Uh, multiplayer, great maps, and they basically haven't done much to tamper with that. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, which is I'm glad they took that kind of approach. Uh, and, of course, zombie mode is really cool as well. Interesting thing, too, once you finish the campaign, once you go through the whole storyline, you unlock nightmare mode. So you can actually play the game, and instead of playing against the robots and all the enemies, you play against zombies, oh which is God. really cool. I hate oh, it. Listen, Have I you hate, got that far yet, Trevor? I hate zombies. I hate all that stuff. Listen, I started the mission. Um I, I scored 7,990, which is just amazing. I killed 110 individuals. I feel bad about that, but that's life. But I was incapacitated eight times, which I'm assuming means I was killed eight times because I suck at it. Man, I couldn't hear what the bloke was telling me. I couldn't work out where to go. I couldn't work out how to get into the turret of a truck. That took me three kills. I was killed three <laughs> times to work that out. Oh, I just, I really suck at these games. Give me yeah. a racing car to drive any day, and I will smash you, Stephen Fennick. 
Yeah, um, I no doubt about it. No, I, I, you are the man when it comes to the racing games. But first-person shoes, that's kind of my favourite. Mm. And as I said, the offer still stands, mate. If you want me to join you in the campaign, I've got your back I'm, if I'm, you want me to help I, you out. I probably need to find a time when Amanda and the kids can go somewhere else so that I can be – because I'd be a bit shouty on the old multiplayer and the <laughs> microphone. I'd be a bit, no! So I probably need to get the house clear before we get into that, uh, but I look forward to doing it. So, oh, well, so I don't, don't want to go spoiler alert on you with the um, techguide.com.au, but so how many stars do you? give this because you're a bit uh, I gave it four I guess still four. gave it four okay. out of five it's still an exceptional game it's a good exceptional, game exceptional. and it, it is it but but as I said they, they do they they took a gamble and it, it's it's not not terrible but I think they could have maybe pulled back a little bit and, and tried to stay not too far out of the box but they really had to go I admire them for that they did try something new and uh, for those who play play the game, if you play it all the way through to the end, you'll know what I'm talking about. It it, it is different to a normal Call of Duty game, but at its at its heart, you still get to shoot a lot of people. You still get to complete missions and hopefully save the world once again. When when we finish recording, I'll find out what that is because I will never see it otherwise because I probably won't play the game ever again. Uh, two blokes talking tech. You can read Stephen's full review <laughs> of Call of Duty uh, on uh, TechGuide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long. A quick one, a quick maybe minute review from me before we do your minute reviews. But I got sent these headphones uh, about a month ago. And uh, it was funny, when they reached out to me and said, hey, we'd like to send you some headphones for the kids, I said, listen, thank you, but no, um, not being rude. But when I get one thing, I can't give it to the kids because there's three of the little buggers and they fight. So they said, no, 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 we'll send you one for each kid. So they sent me these headphones. They're called iFrogs. Now, um, iFrogs with a Z, again, I hate stupid names, but so be it. But anyway, the difference here is two key features of these headphones. They look cute, right? So little Harry, he's got headphones on that have that are orange. They're very soft, nice fabric. But on the on the on the top over your head, it's like uh, it looks like there's a, a lion's mane and a couple little ears. Very cute. And on Victoria's little purple and pink ones, there's a princess tiara. So she looks spectacular. But it's not about looks. You plug them into a device. And the volume is limited to 85 decibels. So it's impossible for them to blow their eardrums out, which is the critical thing. When you put headphones of yours onto a child, they could blow their eardrums out and damage themselves for the long term. So nice little product, Stephen, I thought. 25 bucks yeah. at, at Big W. You can't lose. An easy stocking filler for Christmas, frankly. Yeah, great. Now, well, yeah, you know how how often, I know my kids do, they ask you, oh, you know, my headphones broke, I need another pair of headphones. These are only 25 bucks. You know that you buy them, these pair of, pair of, pair of headphones, and hopefully they'll last a while. At least you'll get some value out of them. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, good, good call. Check them out. I've uh, written them up, taken some photos of the uh, cute kidlets at uh, eftm.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. All right, time to wrap it up with Stephen's Minute Reviews. And firstly, um, I noticed there was no video of you and this device on your website. Oh, I thought that was because... A couple of photos, mate. You look like a complete idiot um, We're using it, but... They are a fair bit of fun, um, but very dangerous if you if you first if you're a first time user. Very good to spend a bit of time learning how to ride them, mate, because they're a bit of fun. This is a uh, uh, a scooter. Yes, it is. It's the Zuma self balancing scooter. They're called hoverboards, mini segways. They've got a lot of names, but they're, they're, this is basically the little like I like to call it the self balancing scooter. Two wheels, and you, you you balance on the board, and you lean forward slightly, and it go forward. Lean backwards, it goes backwards. You you can sort of easily turn, put your weight on one one foot, and you turn around. 
very easy learning curve. Now, Zuma, which is a Australian based from an Australian based company called Three Volve. Now they've seen a, a, the market obviously expanding here. A lot of companies that the, the Pouring out of China, flooding the market with these these cheaper copies or these cheaper versions of the product, uh, and I've heard some reports where a lot of customers they buy these on eBay for three hundred, four hundred bucks. They run into a bit of problems and they've got no recourse. Well, Three Volve saw an opportunity to create not only a better product so they can control the manufacturing and really create something nice, but also give Aussies uh, the version that works in Australia with all the right charges and all that, and as well as all the after sales support. But they've got two models. They've got the classic and they've got the sport. I, I had a go at the sport, which is kind of a bit more aggressively styled. It is it is a 10-minute learning curve. It is not hard to learn how to ride this. Getting good at it is what you need to practice at it. You know, but going slowly is easy. But if for the, someone who wants to use it outdoors, uh, you should really consider wearing a helmet because you can travel it up to 10 12 kilometers an hour uh, and if you come off it you, you could hurt yourself so really take care with it it is designed for those people who want to either just zip around on it for fun uh, it, it can also be used if you want to zip around you know if you've got rather than walking places you can zip around with this rule is uh, that this can be used wherever you can use a skateboard or legally ride a skateboard then you can also ride the Zuma there as well so don't think you're going to be zipping around Westfield Shopping Centre in it you can't ride a skateboard in Westfield Shopping Centre so you can't ride the Zuma in those places as well so you got to just use your common sense they are a lot of fun uh, once you get the hang of it they uh, they are pretty zippy you can make some pretty it's got a pretty little small turning circle uh it is if you do need to use it as transport uh to get from a to b that's okay but when you get there it's the, this thing weighs 10 kilos you do get a bag with it but lugging a 10 kilo device around in a bag uh, that's not really convenient so really consider where you're going to be stopping and where you're going to be carrying this thing until you're ready to ride it again uh but as i said it takes a bit of practice to be good at it so if you're coming up the bumps in the pavement this thing will go over everything but whether you keep your balance or not that's the thing that you, you once you get good at it that's the thing that you'll be able to control a little bit better it'll go for up to a 20 kilometer range uh, it takes three hours to charge that's one thing I, that, that, that struck me was strange where it said don't charge it for longer than three hours any longer than three hours you're damaging the battery so one thing one little pain is that you got to have to actually set a timer so that you turn off the charger once it's fully charged you think that in this day and age you'd have a battery that could do that by itself Apparently not the case. And if you wanted to, uh, they are priced at eleven ninety nine for the sport, nine ninety nine for the classic. But for tech guide readers, there is a special code. If you apply that code when you check out, you get twenty percent off. So that brings it down to seven ninety nine twenty for the classic, nine fifty nine twenty for the sport. And I've got a full review at Tech Guide as well as a link to threevolve.com.au if you want to take advantage of that offer. But Zuma, a lot of fun. I think you're going to see this is going to be one of the big must have gadgets for Christmas. Tech guy.com.au And this next one you'll find at Tech Guide and also EFTM. Uh, I had a look at this last week myself, the Laser Wi-Fi Multi-Room Speaker. 
Yeah, Laser is a company that makes uh, affordable pro- affordable products. They, uh, in this case, they've made the WFQ10 wireless speakers. So think of it as an affordable Sonos system, Bose SoundTouch system. Uh, it's 179.95, and it is a true wireless speaker. It can be uh, connected to your Wi-Fi network. You can buy more than one, put them in different rooms, direct music to different uh, speakers in your home, or tie them all together at the same time. It's got the, the it runs on the Qualcomm All Play app, so it is actually compatible with other other products, other brands. So if you already have an existing All Play compatible speaker, you can actually add the Laser speaker to that setup, and it will work seamlessly with the with the other devices on your network. So the Laser speaker is obviously not as good as a Bose speaker. Obviously not good as a Sonos speaker. Those other speakers cost three times as much. For the money, you're getting good value here. The music quality is is impressive for the price. So for those who are looking for an entry level product, who just want just something that sounds decent that can you, know, you can be used not only to listen to your own music but Spotify and all those other services. It's got a great app as well, All Play Radio app that lets you tap into thousands of uh, internet radio stations around the world. You can sort them by region, genre, uh, and even era. So if you want to hear just 80s music, you can easily find them. Uh, pretty good value, these speakers. The apps work very well, I've got to say. It was very easy to set up on the network, uh, and the Laser wireless speaker offers decent quality audio for the price. $179.95, the Laser WFQ10 wireless speaker. Check it out, techguide.com.au. Two blokes talking tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, that's it. We're done. It's over. This episode, not the whole bloody show. Episode 232 <laughs> is in the can. We appreciate your support. We appreciate your downloads. We also appreciate your ratings and uh, reviews on iTunes, and we appreciate your tweets that tell us why you're listening, where you're listening, how you're listening, and just to chat about anything technology. You can reach Stephen on Twitter at Stephen Fennick with a PH, and you can reach me at E at Trevor Long um, and uh, all our other ones. We've got all got millions of bloody Twitter accounts. Thank you for your company, Stephen. We'll be back again next week with more wonderful tech news. We'll see you then.